Our Old Testament lesson this morning will come from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 through 6. Uh, you can find it on the back of your order of worship or in your pew Bible or in your own personal Bible this morning. A reading from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 1 to 6. To everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. Come, you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without price, without money. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant. My steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations you do not know, and nations that you do not know shall run to you, because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, and call upon him while he is near. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Anyone who knows me, really in any way, shape, or form, deeply, or just as an acquaintance, will know this. I'm weird. I mean, I just got an amen from my wife on that one. Yeah, I am. I was actually dropped in my head as a small child. It makes things make sense when you think about it. But no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just weird, y'all. I am, and I own it. I just, I'm an unusual fella. I have just tastes that are just completely varied. I mean, my what I like is just it's hard to pin down. I love football. I don't know why I played for a school that I won four games my entire life from seventh grade to my senior year. I love football. And then, to make it worse, I'm an Ole Miss fan. And we all know that's not an easy life. But I just love football. I mean, like, I, I actually prefer watching games where I don't have a rooting interest. So that way I can sit back and actually watch the teams play. I just, I just like watching football. But also, like, science fiction and mess like that. I mean, y'all, if any of y'all have ever been at the bottom of your barrel and you need to go talk to your preacher and you go into his office with your world falling apart and you're seeking wisdom and discernment from the man sitting here to help lead the congregation and I'm in my at my desk and to my right shoulder is a Yoda cutout. It's kind of hard to take me seriously. When I got a big old Yoda up there and a C-3PO and an R2-D2 on the other side. I like Star Wars. I like Doctor Who. I'm weird. What can I say? I like my musical taste. I was going to a funeral the other day. And I was just, you know how you can put on your, your, your phone, like a, let, let it, a playlist that will just kind of stream from one song to the next to the next. I went from like Motown to 80s alternative, to 90s alternative rock to bluegrass, to 80s hip-hop. That's not normal, y'all. That's not what musical taste should look like. I mean, I'm just, I've just got weird taste. I like all kinds of stuff. I do. But I, I love musicals. I mean, I just, I just love musicals. I love when we were in Ripley, that town had a thriving little theater 
community, and Holly and I both have, we're in plays up there. I was, if you've ever seen Arsenic and Old Lace, I played one of the cops in that musical one day. Holly had a star turn as a nail from Steel Magnolias. I mean, we, we love little theater, and I, I love musicals. I mean, last year, for me and Sarah, basically for all of our presence for the entire year, we went to see Hamilton. That was, we just loved it. We wanted to go see it. And this year for Christmas, Holly got me tickets to Les Mis. I love Les Mis. I just think it's amazing. I just love the story of it. I love the impact of grace upon someone's life. I just, I love the music. I just love everything about Les Mis. It's just the best. So we went to Les Mis at, at Thayamar. It was just wonderful. We were running kind of late because of some stuff happening. So, you know, we got in the parking garage Parked the car, ran across the street, got there. And you know how everything now, you have the little backdrop. You can take the picture to promote it on social media. I'm like, oh, cool, let's take a selfie. So I'm going to, I'm going, going to take a selfie. And I reach in my pocket. It's not there. I left my phone in the car. And I was a nervous wreck. I'm like, I got to go get my phone. I've got to, I've got to get my phone. I like, I, I can't, somebody might need me. Somebody might comment on a Facebook post that I said, and I got to see that. I might get a text. I got to get my phone. And I was so anxious and so like, oh no, I've got to get my phone. That there I was fixing to watch a professional performance of one of my favorite musicals live in the world and I couldn't enjoy myself for a little bit and I couldn't be fully present in that moment because I was worried about my stupid phone I was so distracted by all of that that I couldn't be fully present in that moment and enjoy this amazing performance until my daughter slapped some sense into my head. Let me ask you two questions this morning. How many of us are too busy right now? How many of us are too distracted? that we feel overwhelmed and exhausted because we're so stinking busy. Okay, that's question one. I think we all are going to answer, yeah. Okay, question two. How many of us are exhausted and stressed and worried over things that we actually have to be doing. So many of these things that are are so stressful and so worrisome in our life are things that we don't even have to be doing and frankly are things that we don't even like to do. But we do them anyway. Because what will our neighbors think? What will our coworkers think? You know, we live in Madison, y'all. And our greatest status symbol in Madison is how busy we are. Oh, did I say that out loud? 
we're so busy and we're so exhausted and we're so tired and we're not happy. We would do anything in the world to not be so busy and the reality is that we have done it to ourselves. Because all the busyness and all the stress and all the worry, at the end of the day, does it even make us happy? Are we even truly satisfied by the lives that we are living? But what will our parents think or what will our kids think or what will the neighbors think or what will the coworkers think or what will, what will all these people think if we don't do like, we, like everybody else does? What will they think? Oh my gosh. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day about church attendance. And it, you know, every quantifiable marker, church attendance is going down. I mean, across the denominations, across everything, church attendance is going down. And, and a lot of preachers have a theory. Think about our lives. Monday through Friday, we never stop, particularly for young families. Homework and schoolwork and jobs and business and meetings and stuff 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 and stuff. So we get to Friday, and we haven't done anything we want to do the entire week, so we try to cram all of our activities and all of our stuff into two days, Friday and Saturday. So thus on Saturday, we're at the ball field at 730 or we're at the dance till 10 o'clock that night. And then we try to cram in some movies and some fun and some activities. Then we sleep in on Sunday because it's the only day we have to sleep in on. And then we hit the ground running on Sundays. And then we're busy on Sunday. And by the time we get to Sunday night, we are exhausted. And then we start over on Monday morning and we do the same thing the next week. We go and 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 we never breathe and we are miserable because we're so tired. I think that's why we're all grumpy and angry all the time because we're exhausted. I know I'm grumpy when I'm tired and I'm grumpy a lot because I'm always tired. So yeah, there's some stuff we got to do. I got to write a sermon because if y'all come to church on Sunday and I twiddle my thumb the whole time and we get out early, well, I guess that's a win, but <laughs> there's some stuff we got to do. But think about your life. How much of the stuff that you're doing that exhausts you do you actually have to do? How much of the stuff that you do that exhausts you actually satisfies you? How much of it actually gives you life? Look at what Isaiah says today. Why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? Why do you spend your money on that which is not food? Come to me, all of you. Buy without money. Buy milk and wine and bread that satisfies. God tells us today, we don't have to keep doing what everybody else is doing. We don't have to live the rat race that everyone tells us that we have to live. We don't. We don't have to live this way. Because if you're miserable, you have the power in your life to stop being miserable. I heard a story one day about our schedules. And, and, and the preacher said, us complaining about being too busy is like a guy that makes his own lunch, making a tuna sandwich every day. Opening his lunch every day and saying, oh, tuna sandwich, I hate tuna sandwich. 
We'll make a different sandwich. We are empowered to live our lives. There's some stuff we can't control. Yes, we have activities. Yes, we have work. Yes, we have family. But we don't have to run ourselves ragged because everyone says we do because we live here. We are allowed to breathe. God says, come, rest, find life. So what's the answer? The, the hymn we sang on the preparation, the hymn of preparation, was, a, was an old shaker hymn, Simple Gifts. I love that song so much. By the way, there's a beautiful version of Yo-Yo Ma playing the cello and Alison Krauss singing it on, face, on YouTube. Watch it later. The angels in heaven are going to sound like Alison Krauss. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. How many of us feel, how many of us feel free this morning? How many of us are drowning this morning? Exhausted this morning? We don't have to live like this, y'all. We don't. We can simplify. We can find out what it is in our life that actually gives us life and orient ourselves around that. How many of us have too much stuff? Y'all, think about how much stuff we have. I spent time, time yesterday just going through my closet, throwing away shirts that were 10 years old that I've kept because I'm stupid. How, much, how many of us have too much stuff that's weighing us down that doesn't make us happy, that does not satisfy, that does not give us life? We were not called to live like this. We weren't. We were called to live free. That hymn, Simple Gifts, Shaker hymn. Shaker's the first cousin of the Amish. We're all like, all oh, those Amish. They're so silly and so quaint with their funny hats and beards and donkeys. You know, the Amish don't allow technology in their homes. We're like, that's ridiculous. How they live without Facebook and YouTube. My goodness. What a terrible life that is. The reason why the Amish don't have technology in their homes is because they're not afraid of technology. It's because they believe that when they're eating dinner with their family, they shouldn't have to answer the telephone or have technology intrude upon that time together. They believe that the stuff of this world should not be intruding upon that which is more important. Maybe they're not the crazy ones. Maybe we are. Because we've allowed so much in this life to crowd upon that which is important. To crowd upon that which is, which is good. To crowd upon that which is life-giving. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. We are so busy and so tired that we can't breathe. And we've done it to ourselves. You don't have to live like this. God didn't create you to live like this. We find out what matters in our life and we build our life around that. And the thing in our life that is life-giving, the thing that always satisfies us is Jesus Christ. When we build our life around that simple gift of faith in Christ, everything else finds its place. Everything else makes sense. Everything else matters. Everything else finds its natural rhythm. 
We were not made to live exhausted, y'all. We weren't. God did not create us for that. He created us to live free in his grace. We don't have to keep doing like we're doing. But we've got to make decisions. Will we live for the approval of our communities? Will we live the schedule that everybody says we have to have? Will we live exhausted? Or will we build our life around that which is life-giving? Come, buy bread, buy milk. Why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? There's a better way, y'all. There's a better way. And by the way, the church doesn't always help. We're good at making you busy too. That's what my sabbatical taught me last summer was I realized how busy I was for Jesus that I forgot to love him. And I was mistaking my business for the Lord for my walk with the Lord. It is a gift to be simple. It is a gift to be free. Yeah. Because life's down there. We're so busy. We've done it to ourselves. May God grant us the grace to find our life what is truly life-giving, what truly matters, and then build our life around him and build our life around that. Because the world can never truly satisfy. Our schedules can never truly satisfy. Our busyness can never truly satisfy. But Jesus Christ and his grace can always satisfy. Find in your life that thing that makes you happy, that gives you life, that gives you purpose, that gives you joy, that gives you his grace, and pursue that with the passion that we pursue everything else. Turning, turning, or turn round right. Today, may we turn round right.